Welcome to Postcolonials in Petticoats, your podcast about period dramas by two Brazilian academics living in the UK. Hello and welcome to Postcolonials in Petticoats. My name is Deborah. My name is Lucia. And we are two Brazilian academics living in the UK who really love period dramas. And, you know, it's a pandemic, so we decided that we should just talk about them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and um, we we have a plan to talk about different series and different movies even. Um, But we thought of, uh, we thought about starting with Bridgerton since it's in everyone's minds and mouths at the moment because it's quite recent um, and because we love it. And by being in everyone's mind, she means the Duke. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I watched it. I watched it for the plot. Yes, uh, we all insert image. Insert image of Rejean Jean Page. <laughs> Licking a spoon. Uh, ooh. I say Rejean is Reggae Jean. Yeah, I think it's Reggae. Okay, sorry. We, um, we will I'm, butcher I'm, names, and I'm sorry yes, for that. Yes, exactly. That will yeah, happen. I'm already. We should, but we you, should. you can always correct us and call us out because we are very willing to learn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because, well, as Brazilian people living in this country, we are very used to our own names being butchered all the time. Yeah. So we understand that I, I don't I'm I don't care about it anymore, but I understand that some people might be more sensitive. Yeah, of this. course. <laughs> and we'll so we'll do, is, we'll do our best. <laughs> so this is our little pilot. It's not necessarily gonna run like this all the time. Uh, and as it is our pilot, we're talking about the pilot of Bridgerton. Yes. Season one, episode one. Yeah, I don't even know uh, if they consider it a pilot. I think because yeah. um, I think a lot of a lot of those um, American sitcoms do call themselves pilots because they are the, the first episode that they present to the network. But I think Bridgerton yeah. was definitely like set out to be the first episode. Um, yeah, that's true. I should correct myself. So it's because the America, the Hollywood, not American, but the, the yeah, the US uh, TV culture has the is, is a pilot culture. Yeah. But obviously Netflix is changing that. So Yeah, and it, in, in the UK yeah. I know they do pilots as well, but they usually reshoot them to broadcast. Mm-hmm. So usually that's mm-hmm. why you will see like in America you have there's a lot of difference sometimes between the pilot and the other episodes, but uh, in other countries you don't see that as much because the pilot yeah, is it's, just it's, a pitching it's a pitching uh, video, I guess, not um not the final product. But even even so it means that um it's it's still uh, in television culture, even if it's you know, on Netflix, on streaming platforms, it's still the first episode is, as with any, anything really, the episode where they introduce a lot of the things. So this is a very int- introductory episode. Yes. So <clears throat> it, it makes sense that we are doing this pilot with the first episode of a series. So yeah, it kind of it kind of introduces who we are, why we're here, uh, who are these people, in the case of Bridgerton, who are these people and why mm-hmm. are they, why, why you should keep watching. Definitely. This. And I think um, for us, um, because we work with books and we study books and we have read a bit of Julia Queen, it's just been very nice to watch it come to come to the screen. You know, I won't say come to life because, uh, you know, it's obviously alive on the page as well. But when you see it on screen, it's very nice. I never thought, I never thought ever that like they, these books I read about 10 years ago would come it would become a tv show ever I never thought that was possible <laughs> so thank you Netflix and yeah which is just... that's very nice 
<laughs> we should just say that, uh, just to explain, Deborah is um, a big fan. You've read like most of Julia Quinn's books and you know a lot of people in the Julia Quinn um, group. I don't know, what, what what are they called? Ju- Lady, Lady, yes, Lady Whistledown is Julia Quinn Brazil. So the girls who run that yeah. are great. So if you're from Brazil or if you're not and you just want to learn Portuguese like Tessa there is doing at the moment, go and follow them because they're great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Deborah has been a fan and has known people uh, in the Brazilian fandom of, of Julia Quinn for a while. I through knowing Deborah, have read a couple of uh, books by Julia Quinn. She's not... been forced to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the first book I ever read was um, uh, the one with Penelope and, and Colin. Yeah. So, Romancy because... Mr. Bridgerton. Yeah, Romancy. Yeah. So Deborah is like very good at, at uh, curating. So like she tells me, you're going to love this one, read this one. So I just read that one before I watched. I read that one and a couple mm-hmm. others that are not in the Bridgerton uh, series, mm-hmm. but are by Julia Quinn. So you kind of get the, you know, the way she writes and kind of the way she uh, writes characters and love making scenes, which are chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Uh, but that's not, that's not the point at the moment. Just mm-hmm. a disclaimer before we start talking about the actual episode, just to explain our little names. We are, as I say, Brazilian, but we are also European, half European. So we are in this tricky situation and living in the UK. That's why we chose the the name Post Colonials in Petticoats because we are um, obviously a little bit in between, here. I guess. Yes, and we are living here, but we will give our our perspective on things because we don't we didn't grow up grow up with this um, tradition of like a British society or like and so and so watching these shows is at the same time very comfort. I, I love it, but at the same time, it is a very different situation to what we had back home and we might like compare to uh, kind of give our little um point of view of how how we see these yeah. as as you know brazilian slash and i think i think bridgerton whatever. lends itself to it very well because mm. it's because of the way it's built the way it's constructed to, like the tv show is meant to be um yeah very representative and very open and very like it has characters from all over the place and it's just I think it's a very different it's different from all other period dramas in that sense so I think it's definitely mm-hmm. a, a good one to talk about and yeah. um we were very uh, I don't know I was very excited I didn't actually follow the production very closely because I didn't I didn't know what to expect so I kind of just mm-hmm. went with it I just I just I was I got excited as uh, news uh, of it were um were announced but at the same time I wasn't too uh, I didn't follow it too closely because I didn't want to get my expectations super high and then be disappointed but I was actually very very happy with it in the end I think they did a very good job overall to be fair I had completely um this past year has been crazy so I completely I was out of it and then uh when I went back to Brazil in December uh late November actually my friend Julia just said to me like when I arrived she was like uh, can we watch together Bridgerton when it airs on the 5th, 25th? And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, it's airing. And I didn't even know that she liked it. So we watched it together. And the funniest thing was that every time that a couple, uh, actually uh, Daphne and Simon, uh, were about to do something or like we're very close to each other, Julia would turn to me and say in Portuguese, just fuck already and it was so it was an amazing experience to watch with a friend but yeah I, I was I was completely unaware that it was it was it was being adapted and obviously as a Shondaland adaptation it's it's 
a production, right? So it's uh, it's it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be dramatic. It's gonna have you know. I I yes, I think it was a good match, mm-hmm. and she she does the whole thing of like the colorblind casting. I don't know if you could call really. It is colorblind in a way. Uh, I think the maximum of like the the height of colorblind was the latest adaptation of uh, David Copperfield for me because they had like like a couple that was uh, one person was black but the other person was white and they had a an asian child it's like completely colorblind really whereas uh bridgerton kind of also talks about the issue of race a little bit in a couple of episodes uh in in like trying to explain why these people are there like it why like because the queen is 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 not white so it's all all of these things so I don't know if they, if you could really call it colorblind, but it, I find it very interesting how they how they did it, and in a way that it didn't feel at all odd, and uh, and yeah, and having Simon as a, as the lead is it was having reggae John like it was really good, very, really good choice. I think I do I do think I mean I think you could you could call it colorblind because it's. Because obviously race was such a big issue at the time when this, if when this is set, so during like yeah. beginning of the nineteenth century, and they are not dealing with it, but they are dealing with other issues of yeah. like women and even you know that there are characters who are at least bisexual, right? We don't really know, but like, we see people having relationship relationships with people with other people of the same uh, sex. So I think in those things are hidden in the show, mm-hmm. like they're they're they're, show, they're they're portrayed as being hidden from that society so i do think you could call it colorblind because they are dealing with other things but they're not dealing necessarily with race at least not to the level that it yeah. would have would have impacted yeah. their lives at the time and what's funny about mm-hmm. the queen is that um it is known that queen charlotte was like, she was she was portuguese and um it's known that she was um she was not white she was definitely not white and if you look at pictures of her you will see that she was definitely not white uh, but she is she there's a little bit of a she, she some of the pictures um do try to make her look whiter than she is but you see from her features that she has some um kind of african features to her so she's definitely mixed mm-hmm. to some extent we don't really know because obviously they there's, try a, to, there's a scene they try for to their... erase that, but um it is it is there yeah still. so there's a scene further on in the series where a lady Danbury says to simon that um the the king fell in love with one of us and now we have an opportunity that we cannot waste so it is it is kind of they feel the pressure of you know having a chance in british society mm-hmm. so it's kind of um yeah it not that it actually happened although we know that uh it, it was more diverse than we think because you know but but still it it's it's a bit it's fictionalized as as it's a work of fiction we, yeah. we doubt about that but just yeah. um yeah, this was an interesting. I think the casting choice was interesting. Lady Danbury was amazing. The um, whole aesthetic of it is wonderful, yeah. and I think that that yeah. plays into it. It's very colorful, and the cast is colorful, and so go for it. You yeah. know, that just have the whole like it's just very nice to it's very nice to look at in general. I, I love the photography. I think it's beautiful, and I think um, mm-hmm. just going into uh, the first episode a little, I think that I have yeah. to admit that when I watched the first two episodes, I wasn't quite sure. I didn't know if I was gonna like it. I wasn't. I wasn't quite sure because I thought, and this is um, why I, I changed my mind. I did like it. I I love. I loved it, but the first two episodes to me felt a little bit, a bit too much. A bit too much of everything. A bit like a, almost a caricature of itself. I think they kind of they realized uh-huh. they didn't have to be a Jane Austen adaptation. 
And then they, they say, oh, we, there, there are no rules. So we can do anything we want. And that mm-hmm. they overwhelm them. That's the feeling I had watching it. That I was like, oh my God, we can do anything. So we'll do everything. But then I think they rule it in. And then I yeah. think from episode three onwards, it does kind of settle in its own. It, it becomes its own thing. It becomes very much kind of its own show um, with, 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 with its very own personality rather than trying to be Jane Austen, but not be Jane Austen, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there were some yeah, the characters that... were a bit like everyone was a bit too loud, like in the in the sense that they yeah. like you have Eloise saying lots of things and you have like characters kind of making big big affirmations, and then they rule it in and I think it just kind of works. The character development gets yeah, that... better. To be fair, I like Eloise, but that yeah. scene, uh, one of the opening ones, like to when they are introducing the the the, the Bridgertons and um, they're waiting for Daphne to get ready and she goes Daphne. Will you miss, like make haste and whatever? Like everyone loves that scene. I saw it everywhere. I just don't really like it that much because mm-hmm. it felt a bit, a bit. Obviously, it obviously is stage. Is is you know they're acting, but I didn't love that scene that much because it it seems that like everyone was kind of like, look, the boys tried to uh, compete with, between themselves over who's uh, more loved and liked by their sister. The one is whatever. That like it it looked like a little too much of an introduction. Whereas um, when you start watching the the next episodes, it kind of so you slowly get to know the character, so you wouldn't necessarily need such a such a grand introduction to them yeah it's a bit too much of exposition right in the beginning yeah Um, which is i guess normal it's to be expected especially when you have eight you have to introduce eight siblings so i get i get it you know you do need to uh uh, to do a bit of exposition but sometimes it feels forced definitely yeah yeah so this i felt a similar uh vibe i didn't necessarily feel but that's an interesting take you had on them feeling that they had to do like a jane austen adaptation or but they didn't like they they they, they, yeah. they had this opportunity but they, they were just like no but we we can break all the rules yeah but then that's overwhelming because then you have yeah. nowhere, you don't know where you start you know <laughs> yeah so i think well the as a the first as episode of any series it presents the characters the main ones uh and it has to represent the bridgertons and as the name of the episode goes, it's a diamond of the first water, water. So it's gonna focus on Daphne and her introduction to society. So it is, uh, and her introduction to society is also our introduction to this kind, this world. Um, that being the Bridgertons and the Ton. You know, mm-hmm. with what is this society we're 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 entering right now? So yeah, I think it, it does. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. No, I think it's kind of almost a, an alternative reality to the reality that actually happened uh, in the mm. 19th century. Um, mm. and, and, I don't know, even just, not just the colorblindness of the cast, but also the costumes are so different from uh, the actual, like what ac- people actually wore. Does anyone actually care? The costumes are amazing. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I love there's, them. there's a video I haven't watched in its entirety, but there's a very famous YouTuber uh, who is Polish. I'm not I'm oh, uh, yeah. sure, but I think I know she's her. Polish. Yeah. And I forgot her name. We can we can amend that later. I can add it in the comments. But um, uh, she does a lot of stuff in like um, you know, fashion. she's very good fashion. Mm-hmm. And she does like Georgian, Edwardian, Victorian. You know, she does many videos about that kind of stuff. And she did a video analyzing the costumes of Bridgerton and how they are, like, not very necessarily historically accurate, but they work. You know, they could be. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of so. so it's because they work kinda... within the, within the world that was created. They absolutely yeah. work, even if it's not necessarily accurate to what people people were wearing at the time. But they do work. 
But yeah, I do find yeah, so... it great that they didn't. <laughs> so this is a fun fact. But uh, when they were presented, so like, you know how the, one of the opening scenes they're being presented to the queen, that was just a thing that happened to uh, uh, like high society ladies. They were presented to the queen. And in uh, George III's court, the women used to wear, so they kept this tradition from the previous century to wear those skirts, you know, like those skirts that are almost a square, that they go on a right angle on the edges. Like you kind of think of like the French court, yeah. like Marie Antoinette, type of like skirt they used to wear that during the regency so if you think of the regency of like you know imperial waist dresses and everything they were wearing those things in court so it's a good thing they didn't because it would look a bit silly maybe so that's a good change for example i think that that works yeah really well (laughs) yeah and and uh you can see that in the queen herself like obviously the 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 dresses are puffier and more yeah yes but but not it, but it, as you said, it's good that they didn't keep it. They had as to walk like, to, to to go through a door. They had to go sideways. So you know, <laughs> it wouldn't be practical filming with that. I don't think. But definitely, the yeah, queen, yeah. the queen and her courtiers are definitely they have puffier gowns. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you what do you think of the uh, the way we are introduced to Simon the Duke? Um, because. We are introduced, it, I feel like it's like women's world and a man's world. Mm-hmm. And you see Daphne being introduced and all of the expectations around her. All the women gather around her and talking about dresses and about, you know, um, uh, bachelors and about Lady Whistledown. And one thing I just, I, sh- I should note uh, before we go on, um, in adaptation studies, we see a lot of, uh, in a lot of adaptations that, right away when you open when you start the adaptation to make sure that the reader knows that that's an an adaptation of a book um there is some kind of uh there is either the image of a book opening and then someone writing or something and we have that in Bridgerton season in season one episode one with them reading Lady Whistledown in the narration by uh oh my god Julie Andrews wonderful yeah queen amazing queen Uh, so that that, that's interesting because the show kind of opens uh uh, showing that it's not hiding itself it, it is an adaptation no. and there are books that you can go and read if you need one more of this yeah so it's like it starts with lady whistledown even though it's a uh, fictionalized it's author and 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 r- series of writings within the book it kind of helps guide our, our you know our eyes as as the audience to knowing that no that's an adaptation that's going to talk it's going to talk about writing as well a little bit because because uh, yeah. Lady Whistledown is a big character in all the Bridgerton books, I'd say, or yeah, at least and, and, in the first ones, right? Yeah, she's and, and, and I like the fact that this is also how the framing, right? Lady okay. Whistledown frames her her columns frame the the narrative of the novels, but also of the TV show. So like when when yeah. something big happens, will you get her take? And she's wonderful. She's great. I love her. She has a she has something yeah. of like a like a Jane Austen character to her. You know, she's kind of sassy and quite a bit mean. Yeah. So yeah. I think I I, I like that. But she's not mean unnecessarily. She's mean where it's due when it when it's meant to be mean. You know. So when like it, I I get it. It's, she's, it's good. She's she. She's fairly mean or mean in a fair way. She's fair, she's yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That is true. <laughs> that is true. But she's I would always, say, like, just she's always just, correct as well. She's always right. So, <laughs> team lady whistledown. Uh, <laughs> I love her. It's great. I would just like to say that I like that um, we are introduced to the world of the Bridgertons and the and the girls and Daphne's world and all of her worries and all of her, you know, um, 
preparation to everything and then we are brought to um the world of simon which is a much darker world not because of his darker skin that's nothing to do with it but like because it's like it's not as sunny he's going through a the curtains are shut right like the curtains in his hands are shut yeah like there's no sunshine there's no whereas like whereas in the bridgerton household it's all like very bright and white and like pale blue it's just pretty and everyone's wearing um, um, lighter colors, like in uh, like Daphne and all the and where, whereas um, in the world of Simon, he's wearing the blues, and then Lady Danbury is wearing like these nice purple, darkish, like yeah. yeah. So Lady Danbury also kind of bridges these worlds in the first episode, so you get a glimpse of the feminine world of Daphne. Not necessarily, not that he represents all you know but it is kind of a representation well, the female of what, female what and like. feminine feminine expectation i guess right we yes, can talk about yes. how what what was expected from women and that's what we see with daphne and yeah. her sisters precisely yeah and then we have simon who's very like the alpha and worried about his you know not wanting to brooding and yeah yeah but then at the same time you have in in interspersed you have like the whole thing with Anthony and Sienna we're not going to talk at length about them at all but just wanted to mention that the whole thing of them like the, the eye fuck during the opera uh, <laughs> and then and I think it's the a great way to introduce because I think so uh, something we didn't mention and I think it's such a brave thing to do is that they are going to uh, this show is going to have every season it has a different protagonist a, pr- a different couple of protagonists that's very brave I think mm-hmm. that's just very different um mm-hmm. because the books are like that as well and in t- but you don't really see that on tv very much like on, on visual media usually you have at least on television serialized things you usually have you follow the same protagonist but i think and that's a, one of the things episode one does that it all establishes daphne as the protagonist but it also kind of tells us this is about this family they're all kind of equal mm-hmm. here and we're going to look at all of them yeah. at some point uh in time so it does that uh, mm-hmm. really well um uh, and I, I think, and I think it's important introduce... to just mention. No, to just mention that Anthony is there because he is important to Daphne's storyline because he is like the oldest brother and the one who's uh, making sure that they are that he finds the best suitable match, the the, the the best suited match to his sister. But at the same time, he is, as his mother points out to him in that first episode. He is too worried about his, you know, his position as the older brother and whatever. But at the same time, he's doing some stuff on the side that are not very gentlemanlike. So it kind of it's both world, like both worlds of Anthony's, Anthony's world and how he kind of it's a bit hypo- hypocritical because he's like his how he navigates. Sure his, yeah, he's yeah, and he's. And that's gonna be throughout, I think, uh, until his season, which is the next one. It's, um, but it's interesting to see that because he is important in Daphne's world, and I think the whole story of Duke and I is a bit more uh, is is very much about the public versus the personal, the 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 private. Sorry, the public versus versus the private. So like Daphne and and Simon decide to fool the whole town by make by pretending they are courting each other. Uh, but on the side they are actually really falling in love with each other but that's something that we'll find out uh, later on but that the whole thing of the public versus uh, what what they show versus what they actually do and and it, it's it's also it's also very much um, 
represented in Anthony's character, I think. Yeah, it's and I, I do like, like that. They, yeah, I do like that they introduce him. Uh, the way they they introduce him, I think it's very clear from the start that he is important, even if he's not the main character here. He's he's Simon's friend. He's Daphne's oldest brother. You know, like he is he's established as an important character straight away. And it's a good thing because we're going to follow him in the next series. Uh, he's going to be the main. Yeah, he's the main character. But it's interesting how he I think is. He's an important kind of in... bridge between them. Yeah. And uh, I think we'll we'll uh, see we'll see a lot more of his development in the next series because I think in the first in the first season he kind of is more just just a difficult person I think overall I think he has his own demons to fight and like yeah. he's trying he's trying to fill his father's shoes but he's also reluctant to do it so it's it's I think it's you know interesting yeah. to to follow his development and I think he's really well it cast is. as well I do like I do like Jonathan Bailey I think he's great. And I think they cast him really well. He, is, so. he has these. Let's just talk for a moment about Jonathan Bailey's eyes. Um, I would like to also talk about his, like his whole being. But let's focus <laughs> on those eyes for a moment. They are. I know him from uh, Crashing, and mm-hmm. from something mm-hmm. else. I've seen him in other shows as well. He has these eyes that are so piercing, and people usually think of piercing eyes as people who have like blue green eyes but he's are like brown and like they're eating you like like so it he's and so it's hard at... to know it's hard to know if he wants to kill you or love you it's hard to know yeah precisely <laughs> so it's kind of like this 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 kind of it gets you on the edge of you know like does he want to kill me or fuck me so like yeah, he... what is he gonna do <laughs> and he looks oh like it, it's i think it's the eye acting thing because um there was this trend going on on TikTok, this actress who was doing mouth acting and how a lot of actors do mouth acting. And she was imitating them. It, it was amazing. And he is a very good eye actor. Like, oh my God, his looks yeah. are... You, you can read the whole scene in his eyes. So let's just praise for Jonathan Bailey's eyes, apart from everything else in his, in him. But the eyes are just... Mwah. And the yeah. way he I fuck Sienna and oh in the first scene where he's like fucking actually fucking Sienna and he looks to the side and like checks his pocket and he's like you're like he's doing that but actually worried about time and everything else and it's like in it's all in his eyes it's it's yeah, amazing yeah. he is very so good just, he is very very yeah. good yeah I, so I, I do, really I, do. Good I think choice. he was such a good cast I would never have thought of him um for for this role because I also uh, <laughs> I'd also seen him in crashing and. I saw him on stage as well in company. He was doing a musical and he was great. Oh, imagine. Um, yeah, he was. He had a really demanding number where he just sang nonstop. Like it was a very fast song and he had to move a lot. It was just very good. Um, so yeah, I do. I do yeah. like. Him. I think he's just such a good choice. I really like. So this is. Um, we can talk. I think about differences from the books if we uh, think of any. And I think Sienna's mm-hmm. role in his life is something that we do not see in the books very much. We hear of her and we know that he has had a relationship with an opera singer, but we don't see anything of it um, in either like in the first or in, even in his own in his own book. Uh, so it's nice to see her her side of it. And I think that I fully, as much as I love Kate, who is, you know, spoiler alert, but, you know, as much as I love her uh, in book two, I think that uh, it's, I definitely sympathize with Sienna and her position of a, yeah. a woman trying yeah, to, and I think to, make, the... to make money and to, to to survive, support herself on her own. I think that was tough, and especially because actresses were really um, had bad reputations um, at the time. So She has that, which we empathize as women, 
and to understand also her how she seducts sedu seduces sorry to understand how she seduces him uh, or how this world that she inhabits seduces Anthony because it's the world that he want to keep going into and not into the you know world of being a Viscount but like she is um, the choice of actress is also great like Sabrina Bartlett is, is great at that and she does this like kind of also mouth she does a lot of mouth acting and like looks and she's very exotic and she sings and she's like she wears a lot of red and it's mm -hmm, all like mm -hmm. this kind of symbolizes this whole and, and we they talk about it like you know I'm not a I'm not a lady and he needs to he, he needs to go because he needs to make sure that his sister marries a proper gentleman uh, and she, he needs to care for her honor because she's a lady and she gets like yeah I'm not a lady it's like yeah but I'll protect you but you feel at that point that yes yeah, she's not a lady but late, then later on in the next episodes you kind of think is it that good to be a lady like that like is it is it, yeah. is it better to be like uh, like Sienna or like uh, um, de la, Madame de la Croix because it's yeah I think everyone had headed hard every no one was yeah. lucky i think i think especially women at the time had yeah, a hard time yeah. it doesn't matter where they were obviously some more than others obviously but uh i think they all had a hard time to some extent and i think it's a bit more yeah. like even i i'm not like even even men i think obviously women had a much much tougher time but i think even men had these expectations placed on them um like anthony and then we see that mm -hmm. a lot with him um we had they they had these expectations of being the provider and of being someone look he has to take care of who his sister's going to marry you know that's quite a lot uh, and he has to kind of do mm -hmm. the set like they have to they had the settlements when they got married to make sure that the woman was provided for so I think that uh, there was a lot a lot on men as well and some of them just kind of crumbled under that pressure so it's not surprising that he, Anthony yeah. and Anthony is trying to uh, step away from it a little at least at least in his spare time. Yeah, and I think everyone's either trying to, so Daphne's trying to step into the world of marriage, and she's eager to, and she's excited to it, but then she starts finding out that it's 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 harder than it it seemed, and uh, at the same time, and and Simon is trying to step away from this marriage market, so they are at opposites opposite ends. We know that from the start. And one thing that I just want to mention, like going further into the episode, that there's the Lady Danbury's ball, and that is when um, the magic is broken, as it's like this is not historically accurate. We don't care what you think, because then you, the the string quartet plays "Thank You Next." Well, let's <laughs> just talk again. about the soundtrack. Let's talk about the soundtrack for this. Let's talk about the soundtrack. I love Taylor Swift. Another Taylor Swift song in a soundtrack. Oh my god! When I recognized that, I was just like, "Oh my god! How is Taylor Swift playing?" In it, it's a string quartet playing it, but it's a wonderful. It's just it's later on. It's not in this episode, but it's just like, yes. I'm <laughs> I'm a musician, but I really at the at my first viewing, I was so enthralled by the photography and everything that I didn't even pay attention to the music. It looked like, but then the thank you next is amazing because it's, um, it's in a ball where they are all cho choosing their, you know, so, so it is perfect that song because, and also because it's where Daphne is struggling because Anthony keeps, you know, pussy blocking her all the time and going like, no. Oh my this. God. He really does. It's so annoying. <laughs> so annoying. And it's so, it's something that we don't, realize i think but like women for example um in those balls and i don't know if bridgerton actually follows that but women couldn't really say no so if they said no to a dance they had to sit down they had to mm -hmm. sit down for the rest of the ball so you can't say no to men 
involved. Yeah. What? Great. <laughs> yeah, well, that's wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks. That's a lot, a lot of choice there. In in this and this is a very important um it's a big scene. It's not one scene, it's like many, but it's a very important setting because then in this same ball is when um uh, Colin sees Marina Thompson and kind of likes her. Oh yeah, we never talked about her. She is not in the books. I mean she is. She's mentioned she in the books later on. The spoiler yeah. and this is actually a big spoiler, so we'll not say anything. Yeah, uh, yeah. but she is not really we don't really meet her. We don't really know of her flight we don't really know her suffering you know which i i uh-huh. love that they put her there and like just this is um a link to that is the Fevingtons that we uh who who are just very very wonderful characters to follow i love i love following that family uh, yeah we forgot uh, to talk about how they were introduced as well yeah yes yeah, so, yeah because i think there's such a stark contrast between the the way daphne and the bridgertons are introduced and they are introduced and I think we see that in the colors. The Bridgertons all wear kind of white and pale blues, like all pale baby colors. And the Featheringtons are like color. Yeah. <laughs> I am here. I am the rainbow, and I love it. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, but then, <laughs> and then Marie, you know, comes into it. So we have this woman, right? A lady, um, uh, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Featherington, or is it lady? I can't remember. Mrs. I think. Lady, and she, lady, I don't know. Mrs. Yeah. Someone will correct us. Um, she has. She's looking at her <laughs> her life, and looking at how the fact that they are not super rich as potentially as maybe they would have wanted. They have no sons. Uh, and that's always a problem in these in these stories. So she has three daughters who need to marry well. Yeah, it's a bit kind of like it's Mrs. Bennett, Pride mm-hmm. and Prejudice vibes. <laughs> she's very yeah. desperate for her daughters yeah, to marry. Totally. And then this woman comes, this kind of the poor relative comes, because I think also it's a very, it's almost a trope of Regency stories that you have a poor relative who's going to come and live with you. <laughs> That's just the thing that happens a lot. <laughs> and then she comes and she's prettier. Probably is going to fuck it up. Yeah. yeah, she's prettier than, than the others. She's just like nicer. She is like, there's a lot to her and everyone suddenly falls in love with her. So I can feel, I, I feel for, I feel for the, Featherington mother I feel for her because you know she's like oh, I need to get my daughter my daughter's married because my husband is useless you know so when then this other girl comes and everyone wants <laughs> he is her useless. Yeah. he is so useless yeah I love the actor though Ben Miller is great but <laughs> yeah. but yeah so I do I do feel for her I yeah, love her I mean, she puts her daughters in like these ridiculous outfits which are actually wonderful I love them um but but obviously very different from yeah. what was expected so they do stand out and I think her objective is successful uh, they do stand out in the ballroom, but yeah. people avoid them, unfortunately. <laughs> and 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 it's the same ball that they they are the ones who recognize um, Simon and swarm around them around him, and then others swarm, and then he gets annoyed at that. And in that same scene, there's something else happening where um, uh, Daphne uh, meets Lord Burbrook, who's like the awfulest. I don't, that's not that's not a word, but he's the worst fucking character ever. Um, and that's <laughs> that's the dumb. first kind of the actor's great. Yeah, though. and like, the actor's great. Yeah, oh, yeah, always like uh, these yeah. these little these little shits in in, in in period dramas are always great actors. Like I remember <laughs> Paul, I remember Paul Dark and the actor who plays the um, I forgot his name, but uh, the, who plays the, the awful guy who marries uh, yeah. Morena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has yeah. actually he's actually attractive. In as like the person, the actor, but you cannot believe it when you see him With as costume, that character. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's he's and he's so good at acting as well. But that's not what you're talking about. But then obviously she. <laughs> we'll talk about Paul Dark at some point, I'm sure. 
yeah, of course. And she she's like escaping Lord Burbrook and and collides with Simon. And Simon is already annoyed as fuck because all of the of all the swarming of of single ladies around him. So that's there. That, that that's an important ball because there's also the when they meet and you can see their personalities and how Simon thinks he's the shit when he actually isn't. Like, I think like Daphne. Think, yeah. Well, there's a combination sorry, of like no no I think that's just a combination of like he is fed up like he cannot stand these people coming to him and be like they only like me because I'm a duke and I and he resents being a because because of his father which we learn later on so he resents the mm-hmm. title he resents almost he resents who he is um but then he also kind of like he wants to escape this like he doesn't want to have children he doesn't want to get married so he doesn't want to be there but this is part of who he is it's part of his role in society now that he's uh, has the title so yeah that's he's like he doesn't mm-hmm. he can't stand it i think they definitely kind of did he they they portrayed him in this first episode as a little bit of a darcy the bit mr darcy is kind of standoffish you know he's like better too good for this company yeah. kind of thing you know i'm like i shouldn't be here i hate everybody yeah um which is always fun it's funny to watch definitely always, so definitely I, <laughs> I felt that well Daphne, uh, uh darcy's are always well i've had that feeling as well in their first encounter is kind of like he thinks he's the shit, and then he finds out that she's actually also the the shit. She's the diamond in first water. So like, yeah, she's the one she's chosen. The in this she's season. the one chosen by the queen, right, to be uh, the yes. incomparable of this season. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's um. But then it, after this very important ball, we see two very different situations in the ha- in the house of the Featheringtons. We have you know gentlemen swarming uh to like to go and court marina after the ball uh whether the diamond of the first water uh daphne Daphne's house is empty and and that's basically they fault uh anthony for that and his his many uh pussy blocking attempts definitely pussy blocking <laughs> and he does that well, keeps they do doing come. that they do come, they do come and yeah. make, he makes it worse because he's there and he's pussy blocking in. Um, <laughs> actually, but... it's really funny. It's really frustrating. And if I were Daphne, I would be really angry. But it, it's actually really funny to watch. <laughs> and let's just but... say we didn't mention it, but um, Lady Bridgerton is wonderful and I love her. Um, yeah. She yeah. is just she... so good. Uh, I love her relationship with Anthony. I love how she tells him things that other people don't have the, the balls to tell him. She's like he. She lo- she clearly loves him, and then at the same time, she's not afraid of telling him what he needs to hear. Very much like like a mother, and she treats him as if he were a teenager, which is great. <laughs> he needs to he needs to be treated like a child a little bit, to be put in his place. Yeah, and they have a scene. They have a scene further on where she kind of you know, really call calls him out on it, and you're like you're you're here, you're you're relying on your brothers to do the the work you don't do. And then you go and, you know, have your mistress on the other side. So you have like these two lives. And we can see that when he meets Simon in the gentleman's club, because they have like, all these prostitutes and drinks and whatever, which is one of the reasons he want, doesn't want Daphne to marry Simon or any of this, because he knows he knows their other life. He knows how they act. Yeah, I think that goes back to society. what you were saying of the two worlds yeah, and how the yeah. world of the ladies is so prim and proper and just, you know, very sweet and playing the piano and like embroidering whilst the men are just like drinking gambling prostitutes <laughs> yeah and and, and i think like um um leave uh um violet you know the mom the mother Bridgerton, 
she's um the actress also very good at uh, with the eye acting thing so that's good. why so that's why that scene with her and Anthony is so good because they're like they're in a battle of eyes <laughs> and words because you know she says yeah. some nice things to him but like yeah like I think she's she's a good even though she didn't prepare Daphne enough as we know mm -hmm. further on for the realities of married life uh, she is a very I like her as a character she's like fierce yeah like, I, but I, yeah she's great but I do I do think that I mean no ladies were really truly prepared I don't think. Um, yeah. yeah, there was such a taboo, and the, there's still a taboo on the subject of people not talking about it. And sexual education yeah. in schools is such a big issue that it doesn't happen often. So I, I almost don't blame her for not having said anything. She does try her best. Yeah, <laughs> when when and it gets to it. Can I just say, this is a bit further on in the series, but it, it starts appearing in this episode. Her the relationship with the servants is like something that we don't see in other, we obviously see in Downton Abbey because we have the downstairs, upstairs world, but in other period dramas, we don't see the servants that much. And it is interesting how Daphne has a really good relationship with her, with her maid. And, mm -hmm. and, and that will, you know, in the, in the future, she will, she will, she will be very important for Daphne's education on these matters because of maids, are they have they inhabit this other kind of world and they know things because they are always in the background and in the so so it is it is interesting that they portray like this this is a character in itself and from the first episode and she has a relationship to the the person she works for and it's you know i just i just wanted to mention that's an interesting uh thing that they did they glimpsed into this world a little bit and but mostly into the relationship that these servants have or could have, or potentially had with with the. Yeah, because can you imagine you you spend so much time with someone like this person kind of wakes you up and then dresses you because um and when we talk about dressing each other, it's just they had lots of buttons on the back. They needed help. Uh, it's just as actually a thing. <laughs> uh, but like this person is always with you, and it this person is your chaperone. If you go out, you can go you can go out by yourself. You have to go out with someone. You know, there's so, there's so many uh, mm -hmm. rules to follow. And you have this person always with you. I find it very, I think it would be odd if they weren't friends, you know, if they ha didn't have a relationship. Mm -hmm. I know it's a relationship that's very loaded mm -hmm. because obviously the, 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 the previous relationship of like someone being your boss, but um, it's still, yeah. still, it would be very difficult if they didn't have a relationship. I find it very, very strange, but they do. Yeah, they do show, yeah. they show the servants, um, which is which is different. I think they do that in the latest adaptation of Emma by Autumn mm. Wilde, you know, the, um, yeah. the director, uh, which is a very good, it's very good. We can always talk about that too, because I love that. Uh, and I think it's, yeah, it's very sweet. much, I think there's, I a, there's, a, there's something of, there's, there's something of that Emma in Bridgerton, I think. Uh, the colors uh, are very much there. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Emma obviously follows this following Jane Austen much more closely, um, but and they all end up following the period more closely, but I think it's there's something there, you know. Like I think they they're very much you can tell that they were made Definitely. around the same time, you know. Like there's something about the uh, the, the moment. It's also know? I think the especially the feathering tone part of the cast is is very much I feel a little bit like like that world. And one thing I wouldn't say like quickly is that. Um, there there are glimpses of Colin and Penelope's relationship in this and of Penelope's character because she is going to be an important character throughout like there's that amazing scene where when her mother tells her you know stop you know reading it's going to 
what did you say like it's gonna mess with your head yeah Stop reading something, like something, that, yeah. something like that yeah it's amazing and then we have uh, at the towards the end of the episode we have um colin saving uh, penelope from uh, cressida cowper yeah and we're discovering that marina is actually potentially pregnant and mm-hmm. that's that they inserts this little bit of drama in the episode but then it ends on a high note which is when uh daphne is announced to that she's gonna marry have to marry nigel burbrook by anthony and she gets like really angry at that damn obviously. anthony <laughs> damn you and then she i love when she takes off and she's very angry and you focus on anthony's face and he's like what i just, he, he just completely like his eyes again he's so good it's like what what did i do wrong i'm just it's just completely yeah and stupid. it's really interesting because like i uh, what i think about always is just like but she had all these suitors and he is the one you're choosing <laughs> really like really? Of all people he's the one you're choosing but i guess at that point we didn't know that he was such a sleaze we find out yeah that he's a sleaze later on uh but yeah in the same scene because she then takes off into the garden and, and it then met yeah it is met by burbrook who then reveals himself as like the creepy villain he's already creepy but now he's a villain as well and uh and simon sees them just as she's giving him a, like a right hook or something I, it's lovely like, lovely punch. she knocked out <laughs> amazing amazing and i love that because it's like her defending herself like really with a punch and they don't talk and then and and it, interestingly enough uh, call, uh Sim, simon is a, a boxer or likes boxing yeah and i do like the um uh his friend his i think he's kind of instructor but also friend and his mm. family because i do think we see a whole different side uh, of manhood with his mm-hmm. friend because he mm-hmm. is settled he has a family he's a boxer sure like there's this kind of side of like violence being enacted in a in a controlled way which is fine i guess um yeah but then yeah. he has his family he's like a family man uh which we hadn't seen yet because uh yeah we hadn't said that just realized that we hadn't seen that um in yeah. any with any of the other men in the show thus far because you have the the lord featherington is barely there at all ever we don't see the Bridgerton uh-huh. father because he's passed mm-hmm. away. So we learned that he has passed away a while in the past. So we don't see his father figure. And we know he was a strong father figure to the uh, to the eldest of the Bridgertons, but older, yeah, yeah, the older, yeah. Uh, and uh, what else? Yeah, we don't we don't really see father figures and and male figures yeah. who are kind of domesticated. So we see you see this like man. healthy healthy father figures you know yeah, like he's yeah. an actual good yeah. father <laughs> you know good husband and good father so like yeah. and, and Simon I think that's an important thing to have because he doesn't have a father figure he doesn't have a good father figure uh, no he doesn't say. no and he this doesn't. this friend is like throughout the first season his friend is kind of the person with whom he talks about the marriage problems as he's facing in the so he is really a confidant but also a father figure to him and uh i don't even know if a father figure but maybe just a, someone who um he can look up an to. example someone who can, yeah. yeah someone who can be a good example of what one manhood yeah. can look like it doesn't have to be he doesn't have to be balls not, not balls but it doesn't have to be like drinking and you know prostitutes he can be a family man with children and a wife he loves you know yeah. So I think that's yeah. that's nice. And then uh, obviously and in that scene in the garden, um Simon I think respects Daphne more than anything and they share their 
plights and you know their problems which are summed up in the in the first episode and then they the, it ends on a on them going back to the town and with the fireworks and then just just announcing themselves as this fake couple and that's how the first episode ends so it's like it's really well rounded to end mm-hmm. like that and then uh because it, it sets the scene doesn't it it sets the uh the the plot for the for the, yeah. the series yeah and it does like i don't know i don't remember if the first episode had any scenes of of simon boxing i don't know if the first i think we I do think see a we'll, little bit but we definitely bit, see yeah. a lot more later on yeah yeah and then this will nicely the the effect that she <laughs> punched because we don't get Nigel. to see a lot of simon in the first episode a lot of his yeah. his personal life we see yeah. a lot of his uh, his public life, public life, exactly. But not much of his personal life and his problems, and you know, like why why he's so reluctant to marry. Why doesn't you know why he doesn't want to marry? We don't see a lot of that in the first episode. Uh, and that's yeah. gonna be the the job of the second episode, which already we, we're not gonna talk about it now. We'll but it already about, starts we'll on. Yeah, but it already starts on Simon, and that's you know it's gonna be about him mostly. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I do this... I do like the. Uh, Sorry, you go ahead. Go ahead. No, I think there's um, I think there's a lot of good things. I think that uh, just to justify a little bit what I said in the beginning that I thought it was a bit too much. I think they try, they try to uh, they 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 try to say all these kind of impactful things in the first episode. You know, they have characters kind of shouting from the rooftops or things. Even Eloise, who's a character who I've come to really like uh, in, in the show. She says certain things and I'm just like, well, you're so privileged, <laughs> you know, like even even though she's a woman, yeah, she has all yeah. these privileges that she's complaining about, like Penelope has to be, for, for example, Penelope says, oh, can't I, can't I delay my coming out until next, next year, like, like Eloise is going to be able to do. Yeah. So she's already being allowed certain things. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not taking away from her issues or from her, you know, personal things, but um, I think. Yeah, that's, yeah um that's just that's one i think that's one of the things i think that the show kind of learns to uh tone down certain things but not not erasing yeah, them but just definitely. making them better making them more kind of more rounded character the characters just become more interesting to watch so that's why the i think like, the first, ones, yeah, yeah become... i think the first episode is a bit too much and even i think even for example one thing yeah. that i really loved was the portrayal of the queen uh, I think at the beginning it's just like oh my god she's just this kind of badass bitch you know like there's nothing else to her but then when we see a little bit yeah, of her relationship yeah. with her husband, um, a little bit, we see how what she's dealing with at home. So I think that's very, very interesting because it gives her yeah. another, gives her some depth that is very much necessary. I yeah. Think. And obviously the first episode is not going to have time or uh, it's not the episode for that. But in the first episode, they kind of uh, present the characters as, as these kind of tropey characters mm-hmm. they, they I are think not that's it, yeah. gonna go deep into their character yeah but 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 i think the show does as you said does well after this oh, in introducing each one of them in a more complex way and it's gonna do that in the next season and it does well. take time and I'll, I'll, I'll i agree that it will take time to um introduce them yeah. all so in the first episode you can only have a glimpse and i guess you yeah. will see it as a little bit shallow i guess because you don't see very much of um, yeah. very much of the characters but then but again I, that's normal yeah of the f- f- first episode i guess yeah, right yeah especially when you have so many characters to introduce because you don't need you, yeah. you have even lady whistledown is an introduction she's introducing herself as well we're getting yeah. to know this yeah. narrator which i mean come on julie andrews is the perfect person to narrate <laughs> bridgerton i love her and i honestly lived 
32 years to hear Julie Andrews say bitch. Because <laughs> she says that in one of the narrations, so I love it. And um, yeah, yeah, she so says think... that a bitch, that it's a very yeah. nice. Of, of all the bitches in the world, the one who writes is the most canine, canine something yeah. like that. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah so I live, I, live, yeah. I live to hear that. It's great. Loved it. Amazing. <laughs> Never expected to hear her say that. Mary Poppins, man. Didn't, didn't think she was going to say that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she needs no introductions, but she does introduce herself. Yes, exactly. In a, in a and nice it's, such a perfect, it's such a perfect choice. Such a, like, a, like a, it's, a, it's interesting that they have this really, really famous name um, who we don't see. But yeah. makes so she's very well known and like she's her voice is I think you hear Julie Andrews and you know it's Julie Andrews so we don't we don't need to see her face to know it's her it's great and I just want to say I don't think how, we talked about this enough but I just love the aesthetics of it I think it looks beautiful I think it looks so nice I don't even yeah. care if it's not like realistic I don't care because it's just beautiful to look at it is so I don't lovely care. it's amazing like that yeah. scene the scene in the end when uh, when the, with the fireworks and just like. I love it. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. It's kind of almost Disney-like. Yeah, and I it. think it is. It is very much Disney-like. And I think also the act, it's, the cast is amazing. They're all also very beautiful to look at. Yeah, I know. They, uh, they chose, they really chose well. They're so good looking. <laughs> Everyone's wow. attractive. This is unlikely, guys, in, in the Regency. It's very unlikely that most <laughs> that they would all have their teeth. You know, they wouldn't have a lot of their teeth. <laughs> and, but I, to be fair, being in um, in in forty degree weather in the at Christmas, um, watching Bridgerton in the middle of a pandemic was was so good. It was. I just think it was necessary. the show we all needed. It was definitely yeah. what we needed. During these difficult times, it's definitely it is. what we needed. <laughs> it is, and it's, uh, it's very heartwarming, and it's just very fun to watch, and it's kind of easy to watch, but at the same time, there's a lot to it, so it's good. <laughs> so I think we, you all, heard enough of our waffling and babbling and everything, and we, yeah. as you, as you can see from this episode, we have so much to unpack from this. It's just I one episode, and it's say. already. Yeah, and so you can expect a lot of uh, a mixture of analysis and funny anecdotes and just us, uh, just me basically. Rambling on, yeah. <laughs> and just me basically loving Jonathan Bailey's bodies and eyes, body and eyes and, you know. Just eyes and eyes and eyes. <laughs> and eyes and all the he eyes. Is, he is his... great. Jonathan Bailey is just great. I, I'm really looking forward to season two already. Uh, yeah. I'm just like, come on, Netflix, give it to us. We never ask you for anything. Give it to us. I mean, we're always asking Netflix for things. We all, I always ask, yeah. <laughs> but we need, we need it now. We need it more than ever. And yeah, and I think also, also let's just reggae reggae. John is just also. He's great, great, and I think he's getting at. a lot of he's getting a lot of um a, a lot of work now as well, like a lot of press. And he was on uh, S Saturday Night Live. Uh, uh yeah. SNL. So he did quite. I hope he, you know, makes it makes more films and also we see him a lot yeah. more. And I think it is definitely all the actors are great. I think the I even think that the first episode is not the best portrayal of their acting skills. They do like all of them kind of yeah. kind they of do get settle better. into yeah. their characters so much better uh, throughout the, the show, um, and they grow into their characters and they seem to yeah. understand their characters better. So it's definitely looking forward to that. But yes, we'll definitely talk about um, the rest yeah. of the series. 
uh, because this is exciting. It gives us an excuse to rewatch it. <laughs> As, <laughs> I if, love we it. As if we needed that. it. As if we needed it. And know? also, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you have any comments, please do leave them below. And, uh, and I feel like I'm yes, on YouTube. You agree with us, Just going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking. Yeah, comment down below. YouTube. I don't know how this. Yeah, I don't know we'll how this is gonna out. look we're, like. We are very actually, new. Yeah. We are very new today, so we apologize if our, you know, our equipment is probably not the best. Definitely mine isn't, <laughs> and um, but we'll get better at it. I'm sure we will. And there's a, there will be a lot of editing, art. and I hope you you forgive us for that. I think just it flows more naturally if we just talk about it and don't edit as much. Yeah, we like the organic kind of. Also, it, it also. Um... I mean, if you start thinking of, oh, I have to edit, I have to think, and you, you don't never, you never do things, you never start things. So we just just wanted to wanted to start this, and and then yeah, this is uh, post colonialism adapted. This is post colonialism petticoats, but it's also two perfectionists trying to just do something, <laughs> which is hard. <laughs> which is a, a whole different journey that is will be going on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> okay so it, it's been great um yes. to chat and i love this and um let's do more of it in the future we will do more of it because there will we be more will episodes. do it's great yes But and uh, we'll, can't wait. we'll you will hear us next time and we'll be talking to you again soon and <laughs> i'm sure you, you can, we can we can leave our social media links and everything in the description if anyone's yes. interested yes. we post about random stuff Uh, so, and mostly that are related Brazil. or not to this. Yeah, currently, I'd say for me on Twitter, it's just mostly Brazilian politics. So I'm sorry for that, but it's just very intense. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it's more drama than a, it's more drama than a Shonda Land show. That's all I'll say. Yeah, um, definitely. Well, Shonda has nothing on 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 Brazil really. Our no. our, our screenwriters are just. Oh uh, yeah, God knows what they. <laughs> Okay, so um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for yes. listening. If you are listening to whoever is listening, if you, and, if you uh, listen let's... all the way to here, thank you. We love you. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you in the next episode. Or see you yes. now. You'll hear us in the next. Yeah, episode. we'll you you'll hear us in the next episode. We'll kind of see it. We'll we'll pretend you're there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so bye everyone. Bye thank everyone. Thank you so much for listening, and see you next time. Bye bye. Bye. You've been listening to Postcolonials in Petticoats, where we dissect period dramas old and new. Thanks for joining us. Until next time.